What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to episode 64 of the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where we sit down with some of America's greatest leaders and find out how they have led with their faith out in front. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike Lynch, and it is my honor to be on this leadership journey with you, where we're all seeking to be the leaders that we were created to be in the space and the place that God has put us. Well, today, as we get ready to wrap up a great 2019, I know college kids are coming home and houses are filling up and parents are of seniors are looking at college and juniors are looking at college. And there is someone who has a lot to say about this step in a young person's life. His name is Anthony O'Neill. Anthony's part of the Dave Ramsey team, and his story is so inspiring. Anthony has not only faced a ton of adversity, he is doing everything he can to help others not face the trials and tribulations that he had to face. Since 2003, he's helped hundreds of thousands of students. He's a national best-selling author of Graduate Survival Guide, Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College. He travels the country spreading his encouraging message to help teens and young adults start their lives off right. His latest book that was just released was Debt-Free Degree. Anthony's story is one that will not only inspire you, It will make you want to get your hands on his resources. And it may not be your child. It may be some nephews and nieces or friends of yours with kids that you want to pass it on to. But even more than that, the role that Anthony sees the Lord playing in his life is amazing. Boy, today's going to be a fun one. So I want you to pull up a chair and I want you to listen in to my time with Anthony O'Neill. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today on Lynch with a Leader. It is an honor to have you. Oh, Mike, thank you so much for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to it. Man, I love I love your story, Anthony, and just reading and listening to you talk. At the age of 19, how would you have described your life at that point? Uh, that was probably the lowest point of my life. Um, 19 years old, $35,000 in debt, homeless, uh, sleeping in the back of my car. And, um, and I tell everyone, you know, like, Hey, um, I didn't make these decisions, um, just by accident. I walked into these decisions. I made these decisions. I used to say in in old days, Mike, that, um, I found myself in this situation when no, I put myself in Mm. this situation, you know, my father, um, and mother are full-time pastors out in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I grew up knowing the word of God, going to church every single day. And honestly, when I graduated high school, I wanted to be free and just experience life for, for myself. So I left the Lord. I left uh, my teachings and I just went out there and just enjoyed life. And because of that, I went from God's perfect will to his permissive will. And that's what ended me in the back of my car. 
stepping outside of my calling and stepping outside of my purpose. And what changed you? You know, we talk all the time, even about the prodigal son, he wouldn't have gone home if he hadn't run out of food there in the, in the pig pen. What was your, what was your crisis of belief and the turning point for you? You know, the crisis belief was when my father um, in California um, was, uh, he said, Hey, you're not coming home. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to come home to my biological parents. So just so people can, be clear, my biological parents had me out of wedlock. So my biological father married my stepmother and they live in North Carolina and they're full-time pastors. And then my biological mother married my stepfather and had two other uh, siblings um, and they live in Oceanside, California. And so my stepfather would not allow me to come home because I was going to school there in California. He said, since you say you're a grown man, a grown man does not come home. You live with your mistakes. So I said, okay, cool. All the pride inside of me. The thing that turned me around was, I'll never forget, I got a call at about uh, 10 o'clock at night on one particular day. I've been sleeping in my car for about six months. And my, um, I was like, yo, I want to go. So I, I normally took showers at the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA. And they were closed on that Sunday. And so I remember getting a bucket out of the back of my car, getting some Dawn detergent, not Dove, but Dawn. Wow. With cold water at a Walmart parking lot. And I'm in the back of my car washing myself with soap suds. And that's what hit me. Mm. The Lord said, I was looking in the rearview mirror and I just happened to see soap suds at the top of my neck, all the way down to my chest. And it's from this detergent soap. And I just said, what am I doing? Why am I here? Neither sides of my family are rich, but neither are they. They're not, they're not, they're not broke. They're far from broke. Why am I here? And God just told me, you're here because of the poor decisions that you made and you left my will for your life. So you're going to stay here until you can come back to light and be within my purpose, within, within my perfect will for your life. And I say, God, I promise you I will. I said, mm-hmm. I know I won't be perfect. I won't make all the right decisions. But I'll tell you this much, I will not end up here. And that was... You know, I got saved when I was 13. I walked down the aisle. But no, that was the day I gave my life to Mm. Christ. I Mm. said, God, you can have all of me, not just a piece of me, but all of me. And uh, yes, yes, sir. Yeah. How quickly did that? So you make that decision. You look and go, and I don't want to live this life. Was it hard to go, man, is God going to let me, is he going to free me? Is he going to, is he going to want me back as my family? Did you have all that running through your mind? Like the prodigal son did? You know, Mike, I had, I had a little bit of everything. Um, Mm. Not just will God um, accept me back in, but will my family accept me back in? Will I ever have friends again? Hey, should I take my life? I mean, because no one's returning my phone calls. Uh, my, my father kicked me out of the house. I feel as if my spiritual father doesn't care about me because he's allowing me to live in the back of my car. Um, I just had so much going through my head. But then I realized, and then if you want your life to change, then you change it from the inside out. Do not allow the outside to change you. Mm. So you change you get your life back on track and you get focused and determined to change your own life and honestly that's what got me out wow i want to be different god i here i am and it came from the inside saying god i'm all yours so how did you find yourself where you are now at that point you begin to make that change you change directions did you know man i want to be the guy that goes and helps people not be where I was. When, when did all that come about? 
Yeah, so about a year and a half later, I mean, I, I got a job. We moved back in with my parents, um, got a job, started working for a collection company. And when I'm sitting there collecting, um, I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me, YPS. And I was like, well, YPS, what does that stand for? Young People Succeeding. Mm. So I started a nonprofit called uh, YPS, Young People Succeeding, where we would go into like middle schools and high schools and colleges um, into churches and start really preaching the gospel, but preaching the gospel around finances, around good decision makings, around healthy relationships as far as in dating for young people, as far as in creating um, healthy relationships with mentors and just good friends. And that just started picking up. I mean, just a lot of big names started asking me to come in and speak to their young people. I was like, man, I, I like this. Like, I, I like this, Lord. So I uh, went, ended up going to seminary school to uh, learn um, the word of God better and um, went into full-time ministry. And my first church I served at full-time was for Simon Temple Amy Zion Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that's when I knew right then and there I was called to preach the word, but I was mm -hmm. also called to make sure that young people start off with a solid foundation. You know, I'm not your Dave Ramsey's that's going to sit here and teach you how to, how to you know, be a multimillionaire. But I'm going to show you how to get out of debt. And I'm going to yep. show you how to start the process to get your millions. Good. Do you find now most students want that? You know, oh, you yeah. work with students oh, all across the country. What's the spiritual temperature and the, the financial temperature of most of the students you're working with? Mike, they're hungry for it. Yeah. I believe, and if I could say this, man, I, I, I'm going to say it, but I believe young people look at money, it, it's, it's attractive to them. You know, they're like, yeah, that's nice. That looks good. If we make it look good. You know, I believe sometimes, especially in the youth and millennial space, um, especially young millennials, they're stressed because they have student loans, they have credit card bills, and no one really goes in there and makes saving look attractive, um, mm -hmm. Everyone, the world makes spending money and, and living above your means and having a nice, nice stuff. That looks attractive. But when can we sit here and be like, yo, I have $100,000 that's sitting in the bank account, but I'm still driving a 1987 car. That's attractive. That's mm -hmm. nice. And so what I've learned with young people is if I can make it look attractive to them, they're like, yo, okay, no one's never presented that. All I've seen is I got to have this. I got to do this. I need to have that. And that makes me cool. But I've never seen someone make saving cool. One mm. kid said, it was funny. I was in school. He said, now that's sexy. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> that is. You know? It is, baby. And, um, you know, and, and I think we just have to change how it looks um, and the appeal and, and that's my mission, you know, is to make sure that all millennials from 34 on down to that high school age, we can all sit here and laugh and say, you know what? That's sexy saving money. I don't need to spend money. I could just be me and be comfortable. And I believe God will bless us because we're being good stewards now with our uh, resources. Absolutely. I love a statement I've heard you make, Anthony, and you said that you've never met a bad kid. I no. love that comment. Explain, unpack that a little bit. Yeah. That you just kids who make bad decisions. Yeah. Where, yeah, where yeah. does that heart? Where does that heart come from to see see students that way? Well, I know when I was growing up, I was a bad kid from what people say. You know, I was expelled two times in middle school, um, and one time in high school, and I and I wasn't a bad kid. I just made bad decisions. I wasn't that kid that was, you know, bringing guns and knives to school. No, I was this kid who just had a bad mouth, and I needed to shut up sometimes. <laughs> um, but um, I've been around the kids who um, 
have been raised, you know, my former youth pastor position, um, you know, I was around the kids that smoke weed. I was around the kids that were involved in gangs. I was around the young ladies that was unfortunately doing some inappropriate stuff with the bodies. Um, but they weren't bad kids. You know, mm-hmm. these were just kids who, unfortunately, because of their surroundings, um, something that they've seen was cool. No, it was just a bad decision. And so um, that's my thing. I, I hate it when I hear adults, teachers, principals, um, anyone say that's a bad kid. No, this is a, a brilliant kid on the inside. We just need to help them make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's and I mean that. I've never, not one time, met a kid that I, I believed was a bad kid or was a lost kid. Because if you look at me, six years ago, seven years ago, I was a lost young man. Um, but because I gave my life to Christ, because I've had great mentors around me, um, I'm becoming a better man today. And I believe I will be, I will continue uh, to become a better man to the day I die. I will never become the man. I will always be growing and becoming better. What would you tell a parent? They've got two teenagers at their house. They're going, man, I want to set them on a pathway to success. So uh, mm-hmm. I've got them baseball coaches and tennis instructors and golf instructors what more could they do for their students to set them on a trajectory for success than just have a, have a uh, private instructor for them? What, from your vantage point, working with thousands and millions, really spoken over half a million students working with that many students across America, what could they do better than just do those things for their kids? So let me give you uh, two things. One, that would be a practical and one that would be more of a uh, spiritual and intellect thing. Um, I think the most important thing with kids is not the coaches, not school, not it's you. Mm. They need you. Um, we're seeing that this generation um, gets their affirmation from Instagram, from social media, from boyfriend, girlfriend, from outside sources when their number one affirmation in their life needs to be you, the parent. And if you're not affirming them, if you're not saying, if you're not the the father and you're not telling your daughter that you love her, that she's a, one of the most beautiful ladies in the world, she's getting it from somewhere else. And so I will, I always tell parents before we get into, you know, the practical stuff, here's the thing that is most important. Your child is a light. They need to be connected to power. You are the power for them right now. When you combine those two, her, their future is so bright. Well, that's good. Now, on, on the practical side, I say one of the most key elements um, is to have that money talk. Talk about money. And when I say talk about money, don't tell them, hey, go get a job making $40,000 or go to McDonald's, apply for the shop. No, talk to them about the basics of money. What is budgeting? What is the difference between a debit card and a credit card? What is a credit report? They need to understand what is that? What, what is credit? You know, why do we stay away from credit? You know, I'm a big guy that says stay away from borrowing any money, but have the money conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last tip, Every young person has to get, I believe, the best book in the world, The Graduate Survival Guide. I, I believe that will set them up for success. That's so good. What, what's the biggest mistake you see kids make when they go off to college? So the average kid leaves their town, they head off. We, we're, we're here by Kennesaw State University here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. We had thousands of students move in last weekend. What are the biggest mistakes you see these college kids making when yeah. they get off to college? 
You know, one of the biggest mistakes on the practical side is I see them uh, taking out student loans. I know a lot mm. of people say, well, how is that a mistake? Well, let's look at it. The government has just said the student loan um, situation has become one of the most uh, biggest issues in the world. We're at $1.5 trillion in student loans. So how can we say that's not a mistake? You know, the government has to do their part on, on, on we got to get that down. But then also at the same time, Students who are not preparing for their college as early as the ninth grade, I think that is a huge mistake. Yeah. I teach everybody that comes to my program, that I mentor, that we talk to here across the world, hey, as early as even eighth grade, start spending one hour every single day looking up scholarships, looking up grants, going around to small businesses, um, because you do not want to graduate with with student loan debt at the age of 21 and you're only making $38,000, but you got $40,000 of student loan debt. (laughs) And so, um, and and I have to say this too, Mike, that I believe that the college process is 50, 50, that's 50% on the kid. They have to do that for young parents listening right now. You have to start investing into like an ESA educational savings account or a 529 when they're a little kid, just start putting $50 in there um, a month if you can, because let your money work for you. So that way when your child does graduate high school and you come to them, come to them with a $60,000 check saying, Hey, here you go. You're going to school. Can you just imagine this, Mike? Just everyone just, just think about this. Your child got scholarships because they worked hard in high school. So they say they raised $40,000 in scholarships because they got good grades and did everything right. They go to an in-state school, but then you also have another check for $70,000 to give to them because you've been investing into their future from day one. So that's a hundred, what's that? 110,000, yeah. Yeah, $110,000 to go towards college in-state is only going to cost you in between about 30 and $35,000, depending on which in-state you go to. So your ESA money can go towards that. Your scholarship money is still good because what happens is your scholarship money goes to that school. When all their peers are getting a refund check from student loans, they're getting a refund check for their hard work that they put in for the last two or three years, getting the scholarships. So now they don't really have to get a job because the last four years when they was working, they're getting back the, the, the right. for it. So I'm always about think ahead of the game and work hard. That's so good. I know my parents were so good. Rather than buying our kids lots of gifts, they started 529 plans. That's good. And when our kids went off to college, they said, well, we're going to sign the plans over to you. And I'm telling you, as a parent who has a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old, that's real stuff, baby. And and those gifts are forgotten. They're forgotten. They get them little things, but golly, man, that money, that money worked for us for years and helped our kids. Yeah. Helped our kids now get to start, start life with no debt. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Man, I like that because we're doing that with my nephews. And my nephews asked me on Christmas last year, Uncle Anthony, did you get me anything? I sure did. Where is it? In the bank. (laughs) (laughs) They they don't get it right now, but when they graduate, um, they will understand why why Uncle Anthony and why Uncle John um, didn't get it. My grandmom and their grandmothers and grandparents uh, still do it. Um, But for me, I just want to sow into your future. I love that. That change. And I can't wait. There's a joke 
whenever I get married, whenever I have a kid, when my wife is going home with my son or daughter, I'm going to the bank to open up the 529 account. <laughs> that is so good. About the future. I love it. Why do you think God put you here on this earth, Anthony? You know, you've been through, man, you've been through some highs, been through some lows. Now you're helping other people because of the experiences you've had. Why do you think he put you here? To walk on water. Mm. Mm. In what way? Uh, you know, when Peter stepped out of the boat, Peter asked God, he said, God, um, if it is you, come. Uh, God said, come. Um, I don't believe that Peter technically walked on water. I believe that God, that Peter stepped out on God's word that caused him to walk on water. Mm -hmm. uh, because if, if God would have not have told him to come, then he would not have been able to walk on water. And so I believe my purpose on earth is to walk on God's word. And walk, and when I'm walking on God's word, I'll be able to walk in territories, walk in environments, walk in situations, and do things that others can't do because I'm standing on God's word. Um, a lot of people thought I wouldn't be successful where I'm at today, um, but I'm very successful, and, and I'm grateful for that. A lot of people thought talking about money to millennials and to kids, that's going to be boring, uh, but I haven't met a kid that said this is boring. And I don't believe it's because it's me. I believe it's because I'm walking and standing on God's word, which is allowing me to do things that others could not do. But I ask, God, if it is you, tell me to go here. If it is you, I'm going to go there. I hope you enjoyed that time with Anthony. That's good stuff. His new book is out now. There is no. There are links in our show notes uh, that you can use to get to his new book. And I hope you will go out, order that, make it a resource this Christmas. Maybe that you give to some friends that are facing that time in their life. Thank you so much, Anthony, for being a part of Lynch with a Leader. I know that God is going to use your story to touch a lot of lives. Well, as we get ready to wrap up 2019, in our last episode of this year, we get to sit down with best-selling author Mark Sanborn. Mark has been out in the marketplace for years and years, inspiring, challenging, motivating. But getting to sit down with Mark and hear the story behind the story was incredible. I can't wait to join you next week in our Christmas edition, releasing on the 23rd, our interview and our sit down with the great Mark Sanborn. Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast and it's something that adds value to your life, I hope you'll hit pause, go to iTunes, leave us a review, let others know about it so we can make sure and get it in their hands so they can be the leaders they were created to be in the space and the place that God has put them. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.